Welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. I'm Oliver Dowson. Let me be your guide as to how businesses, all kinds of businesses, small and large, can grow, solve their business problems, increase their profits, and grow their value. In these podcasts, we talk to all sorts of interesting people that bring their skills, experience, and insights to all aspects of international expansion. I hope you like these podcasts. If you do, subscribe and keep listening every week. We love comments too. And do share and tell others and check out our resources on our growinternational.org website. This one's about money. If your company is exporting, selling goods or services abroad, you'll almost certainly be quoting and getting paid in a different currency to your own. And even if you're not doing that now, you'll certainly be aware from the daily news that there's a lot of volatility in exchange rates. So, for example, if your own currency is euros, but you're selling to the USA, you'll be quoting in dollars. You'll work out the price you need to charge today when you send out the quote or sign the contract, but you might not be paid for months. And by that time, the exchange rate could be very different. Maybe in your favour. But if Murphy's Law strikes, you could easily lose out. In fact, your entire profit margin risks being wiped out. There's a potential solution to that, currency hedging. But what's that all about? And isn't that something that only huge multinationals can do? In this podcast, I'm talking with Barry McCarthy, who's an expert in currency hedging. He's developed solutions that even SMEs can take advantage of. Barry's been trading in financial markets for over 15 years in Dublin, London, Chicago, Singapore. And then he founded Assure Hedge in Dublin before then setting up in London as well. I think that if you ever need to deal in two or more currencies, you'll find our conversation quite enlightening. Today I'm talking to Barry McCarthy, the founder of Assure Hedge. Barry, welcome to the Grow Through International Expansion podcast. Hi, Albert. Thanks very much for having me. So, Assure Hedge, Assure, as in assurance and hedge, not a absolutely certain privet bush, correct? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually wanted to, call, to to use the word insurance, but we we realised we needed to be regulated for that, and I certainly don't want to be regulated as an insurance company, so we, we settled <laughs> on Assure Hedge. Okay, but can we start? Can you can you sort of give us a, a brief explanation of what hedging is for those of our listeners who aren't familiar with it? Yeah, sure. Um, so hedging hedging is one of these uh, terms that, in a financial sense, confuses a lot of people. And um, people, some people think it's to do with a hedge fund and investments, um, which it can be. But when 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 I when I talk about hedging, uh, I talk about financial instruments that you can get access to that will will reduce or eliminate risk that you might have as a as a person or in in a corporate entity. For example, if you export products from the United Kingdom to the USA and you don't get paid for three months into the future, you have a lot of risk in the sense that the dollar were to fall dramatically in that three months, you'd get a lot less pounds sterling when you actually convert to the three months later. So there is instruments out there, financial instruments that you can you can purchase that will eliminate that risk. Um, and obviously there's no such thing as a free lunch. So all hedging comes with a cost. But you can think of it in terms of being somewhat like an insurance policy against risk. Okay, so basically you're paying a premium for certainty of what you'll get in your own currency in the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's, a, that's a very good way of looking at it. Um, there is very liquid and deep financial markets for this type of product. But what we have found, and I did in my career as a financial markets trader for 15 years, 
most of the people using these instruments are large, very large corporates and big banks um, and, you know, government institutions sometimes. So very rarely do you see the smaller businesses and, and medium businesses getting the benefits of these hedging instruments. A lot of our listeners are related to much smaller businesses. So um, can hedging work for them too? It depends on a lot of things. If, if they are working with traditional banks, uh, what we've found is the process can be quite cumbersome. It's very much an antiquated process in the sense that they usually have to ring ring around to find the right person. Um, the product is often quite restrictive um, and, and can be hard to understand. Um, some of the newer you know, fintechs and, and, and FX brokers are probably a little easier to deal with. Um, there's, there's better products, more suitable products there. That was basically the main motivation. I had to come out of trading financial markets for myself uh, into building a product that is easy to use. Um, the whole point of everything we, we built is provide a really simple to use quote generator. Uh, so it's as easy as buying travel insurance um, and everything is automated online and instant. And you don't have to be a big company to do that? No, it, it, in fact, the opposite. Um, I mean, we, we've got the, the one, well, we'd argue the only in the world, but I won't be, I won't be that, uh, that arrogant to say that. But we certainly have one, one of the, the only um, hedging products that you can hedge for as little as £10,000 uh, of risk. And we, we, in fact, we actually want to get that lower. So a hedge, the cost of a hedge on ten thousand pounds worth of risk might only be, you know, fifty, a hundred, two hundred pounds to pay for that hedge, and then that would give you protection against that amount of currency. So typically, with a bank, it would be rare to find a, a hedging provider for less than one hundred thousand pounds, and that's not really interesting to a bank. The economics that they have are a lot different from from a technology company in, in the sense that a lot of the processes have not yet automated um, and what I built is a fully automated product from end to end that allows us to serve much smaller customers. So when you're hedging though, when you're getting a quote for hedging and going back, let's go back to your example of an exporter that's going to be paid in dollars in three months time. Um, are you effectively estimating what the exchange rate is most likely to be or predicting what the exchange rate is likely to be in three months time and then adding a premium onto that? It's, it's up to the customer uh, to decide that. If you, I mean, if you want to protect, protect today's exchange rate in full, that's going to be you know, more expensive than if you set a worst case exchange rate that is worse than today's rate. The way I think about it is when you get any type of, say, say your, your car insurance, you can sometimes say, I'll take an excess on that. So I, I, I will take the first £1,000 worth of, of, of any claim myself, and then that will reduce the cost of the, of the car insurance. But it works a little bit like that in hedging a, a currency position that you might have. If you were to say that I, I will take the first 5% or the first 3% of any currency loss, then I'm fully protected for everything below that. That hedging cost comes 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 way down. It's a lot cheaper. So it's really about the preferences of the customer, how risk averse they are, or, or uh, how much security they demand, uh, how much certainty they demand in terms of the hedge. Okay, but the exchange, so the exchange rate can is can be very volatile these days. Certainly, thinking of uh, anything against sterling has been very volatile for the last oh, year, two years, um, and difficult to sort of get a prediction of where it would. Actually, be um, one goes in for hedging. I guess you're getting an, el- an element of security. Can you actually find out effectively what it's going to be in advance? So, if I was an exporter and 
I knew that I was only going to get paid in three months' time. Could I get uh, and find out what the rate would be so that I can actually control the enthusiasm of my sales team and give them an exchange rate to work with? Absolutely, yeah, that's that's what hedging is all about. Um, and generally what you see is the better managed businesses will, will, will have a higher propensity to have a hedging policy and, and actively hedge. And the reason for that is that current currencies can be extremely volatile. Uh, as you've mentioned, with the pound, uh, pound sterling's volatility recently, and it could get a lot more volatile in, in, in the weeks ahead. And people underestimate how dangerous this is in their business. It's, it's often, you know, we speak to we speak to businesses all over all over Ireland, the UK, and beyond, and it's incredible how how uh, how um, little people perceive the risk to be in this. I'll give you an example: the Swiss franc in 2015 moved 30% in one day because of a depegging to the to the euro and from the Swiss national bank. Well, so can you imagine if overnight you're... I'm, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember well because I was trading the market at the time and it was it was incredibly scary. And I can only imagine if you know if you if you were. If you were exposed to that type of a move, that's the, that has the potential to put you out of business overnight. And what we have found in a lot of studies and surveys that point to this is that upwards of 70% of small and medium businesses that operate internationally don't do anything at all. They have no hedging plan. They, they don't they don't cover this risk in any way. And that's quite shocking when you when you when you consider how how hard a business person you know negotiates to get costs down that the fact that they will ensure you know every other part of their business against fire against theft against public liability and then this whole huge risk of currency is just left totally open ended but there is there is a solution there there's instruments there and and I'm not claiming we're 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 reinventing anything we're we're we're, we're using technology to give a business owner access to products that are already there they're already available they're generally considered to be forward contracts or options. So, so why do you th- why, why do you think that um, business people are not actually hedging up to now? Is it because they just don't know about it or don't know where to go, or they generally um, have pushed back against the premium they have to pay? Yeah, it's a mixture of all of those things and, and more. I personally believe that a lot of business people are so busy running their business on a day-to-day basis, like solving problems making the business run on a daily basis that they just don't find the time or energy to learn about hedging and, and to actually, you know, look into it properly. It's seen as a it's seen as like something go to the dentist or something and they put it off. That's only when you get toothache that it actually becomes a problem. And, and and that's usually when they come and talk to us. Usually after they've already suffered a bad loss due to currency. And that that generally is the turning point when they want to learn about this. Um, the other reasons we've seen beyond just busyness and, and lack of uh, motivation is confusion. And um, people are generally left completely confused about currency and currency hedging. And so default action is, is to just ignore it and see it as a cost of doing business. Some years they win, some years they lose. It, it's sort of an attitude and, and it balances out over time. And that's actually true to an extent mathematically. But the problem is when you get a sudden 30% move that could you know, kill your cash flow and destroy your business overnight, this is when it becomes a real problem. And the final uh, reason I think people don't hedge is the products are really confusing on the market. And it's a real ordeal. It can take months to open an account. And there's a lot of conversations over the phone. 
stuff isn't explained properly. So the customer's generally left feeling pretty, pretty confused um, without a really, you know, accessible solution for, for, for what they need. Mm. Now, well, of course, I can I can see two other considerations. One, and maybe you could explain what would happen in these. One is, of course, the exchange rates can work both ways. So you could find that you fix an exchange rate now, but in fact, you'd have been much better off waiting three months. Um, crystal balls not being uh, as reliable as they are in children's literature. Um, what happens if you find you could get a better exchange rate? Can you actually walk away from a hedging deal? It depends on what, what product you choose to, to use. So typically, two products are an option or a forward. Um, when, we, when we speak about, about currency hedging in particular, so a forward simply means that you, you agree a price to exchange your currency at into the future. So it might be in three months' time, I will I will change euro to dollar at a certain rate, and I and you must follow through on that. So you may get a you know you basically what that what that is doing is eliminating the, the the uncertainty completely. So you must you must execute that contract with whoever sold you that hedge. Now the benefit of that is that you get a get a certainty on your price. But as you uh, Oliver has pointed out there, there's a disadvantage in that. If the market were to go your way in the next three months, as in a favourable gain, you, you forego that because you've now agreed potentially at a worse price than, than it ends up in three months' time. And so there, there is, a, there is a, a cost there of missing out on a potential gain. The other main uh, way to hedge is with an option. And an option is a simple payment up front that gives you the option to change currency if it makes sense to. So in other words, if, if, if you buy this option at a certain rate in three months' time, and the market, you know, goes against goes against uh, where you are. You will activate the option and change at a better rate that you agreed. But if the market moves favorably for you, you, you will you will discard the hedging product and just trade on the market on the day better price. So mm-hmm. options give you the upside potential, um, but there come, there, that comes with a little cost up front, a premium cost. The forward, you fix the rate into the future, but you must follow through on that transaction, so it's a lot less flexible, and you forego any possibility of an FX gain. Understood. I also guess that, especially in smaller businesses, there'd be some hesitation with the forward, the fixed option that you come up with, um, because although, for example, they may say, okay, we know this client will pay us in three months' time, or should pay us in three months' time, um, there are lots of cases, of course, where they don't pay in 90 days, they pay in 92 or 93 or longer and they don't have the money I guess that means that they actually will have to buy the foreign exchange or whatever rate it is at the time in order to change it yeah yeah it, well it depends there's I mean there's varying degrees of, of, of restrictiveness around a forward dependent on the provider some providers will give you a break clause you know but somewhere along the line if you don't follow through there there is a repercussion there is there, there is a definite repercussion and mm-hmm. um, that will cost you with, with breaking a forward um, so th- th- there's a there's dangers there there's another danger with a forward that people often overlook there's a concept because the, because the forward has sort of a P&L an unrealized profit and loss uh, effect before it settles a lot of providers almost all of them will ask for what's called a margin payment which is sort of a down payment that you you know to say that you will make good on on delivering the currency at the rate that you agreed because if, if the rate went a minute if it went against you you could just rip the contract up and say no I don't want to do it but then the provider that sold you that would be out of pocket for it whatever whatever unrealized loss that is to them sure. so they, they often ask for a margin payment and you, and this could be three five seven percent of the of the nominal value of the risk. But the problem then is if the position before you get your actual currency moves substantially against uh, for the provider, they will ask for more and more payments. 
So your, your, your whole cash flow could be eaten up. Uh, if you imagine there's a 30% move that we explain with the Swiss franc, mm. the provider would look for 30% potentially of, of the nominal amount you've, you've hedged against. So this is something that people um, often overlook. You don't have that problem with an option because an option, you just pay the premium and that's it. You never have to pay anything else unless you, you want to do the currency exchange at the end. So it's a lot more secure on cash flows. Um, there's other benefits with the option in, in terms of if you no longer need the hedge, you can sell the option back. So it's like your car insurance, if you buy it for a year and after two months, you know you sell your car, you don't need it. The insurance company will, will give you some you know, high percentage back of that. There's value there. It works the same with an option. Um, an option could also be useful in terms of you can just use the option to settle the profit and loss difference in your hedge. So that doesn't involve necessarily changing currency at the end, unless you want to. You could just be, if, if there's a 10% loss for you in the nominal, you would get a 10% payment to you as settlement. You know, so there's a lot of flexibility with an option. And the last thing with an option that I'd say is really good is if you enter into tenders overseas and, you know, potentially M&A activity, where there's a you know, reasonable amount of uncertainty about the currency risk, the option can be tailor-made to, to hedge you to some degree. So you might okay. say 5% or worse. Um, and it can end up being, you know, a half a percent of the risk, or even a quarter of a percent. So it can be quite, uh, it can be quite low cost uh, versus the, the dangers of a forward. That's really interesting. Um, so does this work for any currency pair, or is it only restricted to, say, dollars and euros? It works for for most currency pairs. Yeah, most currency pairs. Um, again, it depends on which which provider you would use. But you know, the short hedge we, we can offer you know most currency most currency pairs for an option. So they are they are very liquid markets. They're deep liquid markets, um, and you know you know firm, firms like like our, ourselves connect right into the wholesale markets. Give a full range of of uh, of currency pairs. Okay. Um, so what's the exchange rate like compared to buying currency from your bank or from a uh, foreign currency provider at the time? Is are they not only paying a premium but also signing into a worse exchange rate? Would you say? Well, the beauty uh, of the option and the forward is you know upfront what exchange rate you're dealing with, so you can compare right. that against. You know, if you go on to if you go on to any website that gives you the interbank rate, like XE.com, a lot of people use, um, or or any any you know Yahoo Finance, you can see the you can see the interbank rate in real time. The hedge can be struck at that rate, which means that when it comes to settle, you know, when you actually change one currency for for another. You will get that at the interbank rate. So the reason that you know you're gaining massively there, and uh, because you're locking in today's best possible rate into the future. And what people often forget as well is that you know it's kind of it's kind of shocking to me the multi-currency bank account thing. So many businesses just just hold you know if you're a UK uh, exporter for example you just hold a, a pound account and a lot of businesses are having dollars paid into the pound account and then the bank will will charge anything from 2 to 3%. Absolutely. And, and, and it's a huge number of businesses do this. It's really easy. I mean, it's really easy to get a multi-currency account open, yet, you know, so many businesses don't do it. And you, you, can you imagine, like, 2 to 3% of your, your income is mega. You know, it's huge, and it's such an easy thing to set up multi-currency uh, bank accounts. 
Um, so that's another that's another thing I think people should be should be aware of. Absolutely, it's something, it's something I've always done myself in business, and I've always been surprised at how many people don't do it or don't even think it's possible to do it. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it's a very important thing. Plus, it gives you the flexibility to find the best possible exchange rate and the best possible place to exchange. As you say, um, the standard bank rates are crippling, and if you get a say a dollar transaction paid into a sterling account, it, there's nothing you can do about the rate. The money arrives and it's automatically converted, so you know nothing about it until you actually see the bank balance. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean, nothing to point out is the the average the average FX charges by a bank are in the region of one to two percent, mm-hmm. and they can very easily be, be haggled down by by just asking the bank. You know, that, sure. most banks out there now are, are 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 being very accommodative. Customers just don't ask. You know, they just don't ask for it. So that, that's something people should do: is just simply ask the bank to give you better rates and start checking them. And that that that, that could that could produce a lot of extra income. Uh, people and uh, another thing I brought in, in in my own company I thought it was very important that we we give multi-currency accounts to all of our customers so any customers we have can send or receive foreign currency balances on our platform and we have to go and get regulated from the FCA for client money to do that so, so that complements our our method regulation uh, to create the derivative products that we use for hedging um, but but certainly the multi-currency accounts there's literally hundreds of thousands of people you know business people out there operating internationally and they're they're not doing this so that would be a, a big takeaway from today as well what, what what about security if it was with your um, platform or some other um, in hedging um, maybe people are going to say oh I don't feel I'm, my money is going to be as safe as it would be with uh, one of the big clearing banks yeah well I, I mean we can't we can't we we can't convince people if they're if they're dogmatic that 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 <laughs> banks are safe you know what people fail to realize is a company a company a company like my own company Surehedge we are regulated by the financial conduct authority and that that that, that involves a huge amount of diligence a, a lot of minimum reserves all of our partners that we use are a rated institutions so all client funds are held with a rated institutions what a lot of people don't realize is almost all banks high street banks are not a rated banks they they have very poor credit ratings so their funds are are actually at greater risk with a, with, a, with a high street, a typical high street bank, than they are with a, a company like ours that only uses A-rated entities and has complete segregation uh, of client funds. So it's all about perception of risk. You know, that's that's something that that, that I find um, a little bit odd from people sometimes. I, I can understand that, and I think it's actually a, a message to entrepreneurs listening to us that they need to sort of really check up on the security of any funds they've got in the banks they they work with, and maybe um, spread their risk around. As well. Yeah. yeah, and pe- people forget as well. You're, you, you know, it's it's well, it's 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 risky in the sense that when you leave money on deposit with a with a high street bank, there's always a risk of a bail in if there's another financial crisis. Yeah. You know that that's that's a possibility. There is provisions there for for banks to just literally take funds and and put it towards a, a bailout package uh, for 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 other financial entities. So the, you know, there's a lot of risk in the system there that people overlook. You know, so the high street banks aren't necessarily as safe as people perceive them to be from from my experience. Okay, so to sort of recap, um, listeners who are interested in knowing more about um, uh, what a short hedge does and uh, hedging in general can obviously read uh, the uh, supporting article on growinternational.org and we encourage all our listeners to always do that, of course. Um, and you can find links to um, 
Harry's company there with more details. But to recap on one thing, if you're looking, therefore, to you're trading internationally and you're expecting future funds, um, what's the sort of minimum figure for looking at make this viable? In, in terms of in terms of actually hedging and yeah, hedging in terms strategy. Of hedging. I mean, if I, I mean, if, if I was expect, so, I think I think you said that you're looking at sort of ten thousand as the sort of new minimum figure and aiming to get it down from there. Is that correct? Yeah. Look, I, I think it's never too early to start thinking about this um, because if you if you if you build it into the way you think about business from day one, it's a it's a great thing. You know, rather than waiting till the business grows to be quite large, suffers a, a huge loss, and then starts to think about this type of stuff. So I would encourage anybody, no matter how small, to learn as much as they can about hedging, have it as part of their day-to-day you know, operational mandate to have a hedging policy, to implement it, and to know who's responsible for it, and to, have to talk about it at board level. Um, of course, contact us. We, we can handle hedges from 10,000 and up, um, which is, is, is not a huge amount, and that would probably be the entry level, I would say. Anything less than that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it's going to be that relevant for most people. But from ten thousand, you know, dollars or ten thousand euros of risk and up, uh, we can we can work with you. Even online automated product, um, you know, really low cost, and we would uh, we would love to to work with your listeners. Excellent. So even relatively small exporters uh, should be thinking about this now and getting into it early, so they may create a business discipline of hedging. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's all, it's all about a business discipline and. You know, people people who, who do it can operate internationally with a lot more confidence uh, than people who are leaving things to chance um, and gamble. So, Barry, thank you very much for talking to me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation and this podcast. I really welcome your comments and also suggestions for future conversations. We post new content every week, so please do click on the subscribe button and follow this the Growth Through International Expansion podcast. You can also find the transcript, other articles, and detailed resources relating to this episode on our website, growinternational.org. There, you can also join as a member for future updates and find all our other articles, videos, and podcasts, and benefit from other features, including free consultations and independent online advice. Again, that's www.growinternational.org. Until next time, this is Oliver Dowson, wishing you success and reminding you that international expansion may be easier than you may think.